Hey everybody, um, welcome back to I Love That Lyric, podcast about lyrics, hosted by me, Dylan, um, of Bedbug. Uh, we're a couple weeks behind because I was starting a new job and um, just moved into Los Angeles. We have a couple episodes in the works. Um, now that we're a few episodes in though, I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, you can DM me on Twitter um, or, you know, just reach out really any way that you that you know how to. Um, just would love to hear feedback. Um, today we talked to uh, Mo Troper about influences and uh, some power pop stuff and... Um, the consequences of writing personal lyrics uh, when people can interpret those very clearly um, and just some of his other uh, mo- mo tropes. so uh, enjoy all right everybody welcome back to I love that lyric podcast about lyrics and lyricism where we uh, interview some DIY artists and indie artists about their lyrics and influences and stuff like that. And today I am joined by Mo Troper. Hell yeah. Cool. Uh, so the first thing that we like to start with here is chat about uh, influences. So for Mo Troper, who would you say are your big influences? Uh, like lyrically? Specifically? Yeah, lyrically, specifically. Um, well, I would say, uh, like, uh, Patty McAloon from Prefab Sprout, uh, big influence. Um, uh, Elvis Costello, at one point I would have counted Elvis Costello as a very big uh, influence. Um, Amy Mann, Elliot Smith, um who else uh yeah i think i think those are i mean they're they're probably more but i think those are like a few of the lyricists i count as being like very big influences like very formative those are some powerful choices um can you okay i'm already getting on a tangent i feel like no great i love it um can you can you give me the, the the rundown on prefab because i feel like people have mentioned this to me it's like so many people's favorite thing and i just i maybe i just don't know where to look or i haven't tried very hard like what's the like from the like the prefab head like where where to start like what's what do you sure. appreciate about them well what's interesting i mean i i don't really so i didn't really get into prefab sprout until like 2018 and i think even that felt sort of late to me um steve mcqueen was the first record that i really connected with and it is also like the one. I would say that my favorite my favorite records are probably Steve McQueen and then Jordan, um, and like it, it, there's actually so there's this there are these bonus tracks on Steve McQueen that are like a lot of the a lot of the songs that Patty, who is like the songwriter and singer, um, did just like entirely acoustic. Like they're just entirely acoustic arrangements. And it was when I heard those. So when I heard those versions of the songs, it really helped me like connect with the rest of the record, like sort of the real recordings. I think that like one of the things that was always so off-putting to me about that band was the production. Like it just is so dense and so eighties in this way that feels kind of impenetrable. Yeah. Like as, as somebody who isn't like, you know, I'm, I'm wasn't really like reared on a lot of like sophisticated pop or, or, whatever so it was just like you know i really wanted to like them for a long time and then it wasn't until i listened to to 
those versions of the songs where I was like, oh, I can hear the fucking songs now. You guys like the meat under it. Yeah, totally. Um, and I mean, his his chords are pretty incredible. His lyrics are incredible. He just has like really great, a really great sort of like, um, what was, yeah, I played a show uh, recently when I was on this East Coast tour. And like right after I played, the bartender started playing the song Bonnie, which is off of um, Steve McQueen. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, this song kicks so much ass. Uh, and, uh, but also, but also, yeah, I should say that I'm not like the biggest prefab head. Like, I don't really like their, their really early stuff. And there are some records I'm just not as familiar with. Um, yeah. But I do think that um, his lyrics are very good. So, so then following, following off that you had a, you had a pretty long list, um, of like classics, I would say a lot of, a lot of really strong lyricists there. What do you feel like for, you know, you can go one at a time or if there's something connected, like, what do you feel like lyrically they're doing that speaks to you that like other bands doesn't? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I think like, uh, I think that there's just a real sort of like, um, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that a lot of these lyricists have in common is they're like very, uh, there's just a lot of dense wordplay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it really, when I started paying more attention to lyricists like that or lyrics like that, it sort of like changed the way that I think like in general, in general, uh, like I, uh, yeah, I used to like, I don't know. Um, I remember sort of being like 20, like 20 years old and getting really into Elvis Costello and like pouring over, um, those lyrics inserts on the, on the album Imperial bedroom. The lyrics insert is just like, it's like one side is the liner notes. And then the other side is just the lyrics for every song, but there's like no breaks. And it's like, it looks like it's like typed out. Um, and I was just like, Oh, that's like so cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I wonder like on, on the spot, if I, if I'm going to be able to like think of any really great, like specific, uh, lyrics or couplets or, or anything, but, um, yeah, just like, I mean, like, so like, I feel like in, in that song, Allison off of the first Elvis Costello record, he says this thing that's like, uh, I don't know if she was loving somebody. I only know it isn't mine. And I remember like really sort of realizing like, Oh, he's saying like somebody, like it's, it's two words. <laughs> um, and just like sort of little stuff like that being like, Oh, that's like so clever. And I think like, as I've gotten older, I connect less with that part of it. Um, it almost feels like he's drawing sort of like too much attention to the craft, I guess. Got but, it. but so, so my perspective has changed a little bit where it's like, if you know, but I also just think that there's something about that. That's really, uh, it's just really cool. And I, I do think it's sort of like a lost, um, I think you really don't see it a lot. Um, yeah. In in lyricism and in, in like sort of contemporary indie rock. I also think it's very British. Um, yeah, absolutely. When when you're when you're mentioning contemporary indie rock, is anybody doing that type of like wordplay style lyricism? Um 
I'm sure, I'm sure there are people who do. I'm trying to think of like, I mean, I think Andy Schaff is like a really strong lyricist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Hmm. It's hard. I honestly, I don't even know if any come to mind for me. Sure. Like yeah. Very many at all. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, yeah, I guess I can't really think of, I can't think of too many. Um, but yeah, I would say that Andy Schaff is, is a little different, a little more like sort of narrative focused, but I do think sure. that he, he has, a he, he just is, is really good with like a turn of phrase. Um, you El, know, Elvis Costello as well is a, is a, a band that, um, I know Allison, I know the hits. Sure. The, the discography is truly impenetrable. There's so much. Yeah, there. <laughs> totally. Um, I, and I am a real Costello head, I would say. Uh, yeah. Like, especially like there, there was about a year straight where that was all I listened to. And I really sort of absorbed his entire discography up to that point. Um, I think that he was doing, it was right when he, around the time he did that record with the roots. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some stuff in there that's like total garbage in, in my opinion. <laughs> um, but he is pretty consistent for somebody who has that many records he's pretty consistent. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, uh, and there's some stuff that's really pretty. There's some stuff that feels a little too, too clever by half, I think is the expression. And then there's some stuff that's also just like really pretty misogynistic. Um, and, and so those are like, you know, huge sort of like formative lyrical influence, for me, but as I've gotten older, I connect with that less and less, um, especially the earlier Elvis Costello stuff. Like um, I've tried listening to like this year's model, just his second record, his first record with the attractions um, within the last year. And I was just like, eh, I guess it's cool that he's angry, but I don't know what um, he's angry about. <laughs> that's, really. that's always, I think then my, my trouble with um, I think overly wordplay focused stuff is I feel like sometimes if it feels kind of jarring or it like almost takes away from the theme of the song if it feels like it's like a forced thing over and over again and like I think sometimes people can really nail it um I feel like the only person that is coming to mind right now is like Childish Gambino not nailing it just being a person that like forces the wordplay every single line I could never listen to it sure um and so I feel like that type of thing uh has resonated with me less because I think I've only really ever been paying attention to people that overdo it. And I don't really think about it when it's something that's done tastefully. Yeah, totally. Um, and I even think that somebody like Elvis Costello doesn't do it tastefully all of the time. Uh, <laughs> I think it's like a really hard, uh, it's a, it's a really hard balance to strike. Cause I think like it also sometimes feels like it's, it's impossible for the song to have any real like personal resonance if it's like so focused on like the, the craft in in that way. Like it's sort of hard for me to like buy sometimes because it's like, Oh no, this is just like, you know, to Elvis Costello, this is just like a crossword puzzle. It's not really like a, a bearing of the soul in any, yeah. I don't, I I feel like it never resonates with me when it's like, I feel like the guy just had like, a funky idea like oh this could be cool if i did this and just wrote the song around the fact that you know 
they had that idea for a funny WordPress craft. Totally. Yeah. I think that's real sometimes with him for sure. Um, um, I would, I would like to uh, move a little bit forward to talking about uh, your, your process, because I think that, you know, we, we've talked about um, some of those influences, but one of the most interesting things for me to talk about here. And uh, I mean, honestly, I, I love when, you know, if people could listen to this and then feel like, you know, either validated or get some ideas of like how to, how to feel like they write and, things like that. And, uh, so far everybody has written com lyrics completely differently. And so I would love to know, like, no bias. Like, how do you, how do you write lyrics? Like, what does that look like in the songwriting process? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I'm like a big notes keeper and list maker. And like, I sort of always have a bunch of notes in my phone. Um, and so I'm like constantly, uh, writing down like either, either things that I like hear other people say or things that I read or things that I think of. And I would say like 20% of, of that ends up being like usable or like there's a, there's a lot of stuff I look back on and I'm just like, Oh, that's terrible. Which I guess is like most uh, like, I mean, it's the same with like musical ideas too, but um, that's, that's been like huge for me. Um, and then, you know, like, um, and then there are times where I'll feel really sort of inspired to, I mean, it's funny that like, it's funny that to hear you mention like somebody like Elvis Costello having sort of like a specific idea for like the conceit of the song or something. Cause I don't, I don't get that as much, but there are some times where I'll get like a, what I think is like a very strong title. And that will sort of like, if the title feels good enough, it'll sort of like um, inspire me to like write uh, the whole song or like the rest of the lyrics. Um, and so I, so, so I guess like one, I really do keep kind of like a running list of titles all the time, you know? That's kind of awesome, actually. I, uh, it's <laughs> funny, uh, I, I, I think that this is so far... I think this is like well, maybe like the fifth interview I've done for this. Uh, the closest to my own way of thinking about lyrics, which is, cool. which is really cool um, because I feel like uh, I've talked to some people that um, must have uh, like, you know, brains the size of New York city who are able to uh, just have a song and then write the lyrics in the song just at the same time. And that's just how they do it. And I'm like, I, for me, I have my long list of notes and they're uh, half-baked ideas sometimes i'll feel really motivated and i'll write like you know full paragraphs of lines and then like they, those will translate really neatly into a song just because i'm like i just have that flow and sometimes it'll just be one or two lines that i feel like really resonate and like eventually i just pick and choose them as i go and like once i'm like sitting down with my guitar uh and like listening to my notes on my audio notes or whatever or like i have a good riff then i'll like go through that and I'll be like, what what feels like it fits this song and so um, that's always how I've done it. I don't know if that process is similar to yours, but totally. Um, yeah, I would say that that feels pretty relatable. Um, I was actually talking to somebody about this yesterday, like that sort of like holistic, uh, songwriting process being really just mind blowing to me. Yeah. Like, like people who sort of like the lyrics sound like the music and it all comes out at the same time. And like, uh, 
I don't know. That's just like a very wild, uh, it, it feels like really sort of like, uh, like 5d or something like just really like inconceivable to me. Um, and I wonder, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I, I totally relate to, to, um, like your, your process, I guess it really feels like sometimes I have to just like, uh, it's just torture. Um, not in like a, can, it's not actually can I ask torture. A clarifying, can I ask a clarifying yeah, yeah. question about this? Sure. Yeah. When you are, um, when you're writing and you have your notes, right. Will you sitting down later to translate into a song, restructure the lyrics around a sort of vocal melody or will the lyrics inform the vocal melody kind of inflexibly because i've you know i think that some people do it different ways uh no it absolutely um i i think that like the melody for me always comes first and i'll always restructure lyrics to okay to yeah same Um, page then cool sweet um yeah and then i think that also the it ends up making the lyrics better too because if it's something that's just like more i don't know i just think that there's like a different like sometimes you just don't know if you're writing lyrics and you haven't like sung them yet like sometimes i'll just be like oh this actually sounds like stupid sung there's like a but like you know it sounds way better read yeah um, no you're totally right like something yeah. maybe not even read just like you look at it and you're like what a good phrase and then it put it down there. And I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that, that's always good. I feel like that always happens pretty naturally. Like um, that sort of, it's, it just feels like when it becomes musical, there's sort of like a, a very organic revision process that happens so at for what me. Point, at what point does the, does the vocal melody come into this whole situation? Um, so there have been times where I've had, um, I mean, so, so there are times where, you know, if I'm not like around a guitar or something, I'll have, uh, like a bunch of ideas. And if there's like an idea I feel particularly strong about, strongly about, I'll, I'll write the whole song. Like I'll write all of the lyrics and then I'll try and come up with the vocal melody. I usually like these days come up with the vocal melody first. Um, it's usually like the, the, uh, yeah, I don't really do a lot of just like sort of strumming around. Um, mm. I think I used to do that a lot more, but I I, uh, I have felt I I have I realize that I write songs quicker if I come up with a vocal melody first. If I have like that sort of, um, if that's kind of like the order of operations, where it's like uh, I do do a lot of stuff that's like lyrics and vocal melody first, and then I'll sort of figure out the chords and like the structure of the song. That's actually really interesting to me because I feel like for me, um, it's always like guitar part first as the bass. And then I will have my notes of vocal melodies of just like things I've hummed to myself on the bus or walking home or something like that. And then I'll have my list of lyrics and I'll just kind of puzzle piece them together a little bit. But yeah. I find that honestly, the vocal melody is normally like the big time sink there, right? Like to figure out a vocal melody that will fit with a guitar part. Sometimes it could take two years. I'll have a guitar totally. part that just won't have a vocal melody. And like, I don't know why I've never thought about just taking some vocal melodies I have and like <laughs> just using them first. Um, yeah. But that's really interesting actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, that was kind of why I like changed my process a little bit because of like, 
Yeah, I mean, so it, it. I think that I just had a lot more writer's block when I would would do that, um, or I just could never really come up with like a like. I feel like I don't know. I also think that sometimes if you're not around like a guitar or something, and you just are trying to think of a melody, like a very sort of like sometimes it just feels like there's a really good melody right under your nose, kind of that you would never consider if you were like, you know, just like strumming d for like four hours and like really just trying to like ring ring it out or which i've like done which tied, i've done before tied down to something like that right like it, it sure it can, yeah it can limit limit the experimentation of the vocal melody for sure totally yeah um yeah i think that's yeah it sucks to feel like too attached to a guitar part and then like or like a chord progression and just like not being able to find any like vocal melody that will work it's like is this like should this be instrumental like <laughs> describing my nightmares it happens to me all, all the time yeah totally yeah <laughs> it's like half the half the shit i write is like this um, yeah okay so i think uh we're also gonna move forward now to uh some other things that i've i've picked out normally what i would do is i'd say like okay let's let's dive into it and talk about like you know your favorite lyrics from your songs or songs that you know you've been thinking about or whatever but um i did pull out a couple of things that i noticed as well so i wanted to talk to you about them because i thought that they were kind of interesting okay um and uh i have this section on my notes labeled as just power pop tropes and i don't know if they're tr that's true or not but <laughs> to me when i hear it i'm like wow that that's what makes the lyrics lyrically sound like power pop to me cool my head. um so the first one's repetition um i think that for something like perfect song and your boy those are like that's like quintessential power pop is to repeat the phrase of the title of the song right in that way i'm, I'm wondering if that's like if that's true <laughs> yeah uh i think it is true and also i think that it sort of reflects my uh i really like this title philosophy i mean the perfect song for sure i was like oh i love this title i love this concept and it sort of could be like a this is the song that never ends type vibe. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, I think like that's a huge, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that that is like a huge power pop or sort of guitar pop trope. Um, and and that's the thing is that like when I'm when I'm saying these things I don't know if they are or not so you're gonna definitely need to clarify like no that's just me like that's not, that's okay, not well good <laughs> yeah I'm trying to think um I definitely like I definitely do it do it quite a bit uh which I think is also why my songs are so short um because it's like you can't really have a song where the perfect song is the only lyric for three minutes like two minutes is kind of the <laughs> the cutoff there. Uh, well, this is also what made it uh, difficult here is because uh, you're very prolific. You have, you have an album with 28 songs on here. So it's, it's not the easiest to pull out some themes there. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there is, there is repetition for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that like being really sort of um, like, like I said, like to, to me, the vocal melody is the strongest part. I mean, like the melody has always been like, that's like the thing that I've always, I think, connected yeah. with the with the most in music. So I think that it it is very sort of like quintessential power pop to like really just be like um, stuck on the hook 
Like how yeah. many times, how many times can we get away with like repeating the hook? Um, and if the, and if the song title is a hook in itself, like even better, All you the know? More, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so then for sure, another one is that lyric, lyrically, a lot of songs about songs, songs about songs in band. Interesting. Songs about, yeah. you got, you got your perfect song. Expendables has lyrics about songs and bands, uh, Blake and Lanny. I'm the king of rock and roll. No more happy songs. You taught me how to write a song. Wow, I Jesus can, I, I'm Christ. sure I could go on. I don't Holy know. shit. <laughs> uh, that's, I guess I haven't considered that. Uh, no, I think that that might just be me, honestly. Because I think that it's, it's like so much of my world. I mean, so much of my, yeah, so much of my life is like thinking about other people's songs. Yeah. You know, like these, these are not songs about my songs. They're songs about like, things that like something that is like really really meaningful to me um Mm -hmm. and so i think that it's like it's not um i'm not like i am kind of uh that's really interesting i haven't really thought about that too much i'm not really i'm not like trying to be self-reflexive i just i just think that it's like um yeah i just think that it's like you know my world sort of revolves around music and like a community built around music so it feels like kind of shorthand for that sometimes you know i i mean i'll say this when i was thinking of that i realized i do almost the exact same thing but in different ways but like i have plenty of lyrics about songs and other bands and things like that that are just like because that's i mean you write what you know and if you're a big music nerd then what you know is music songs <laughs> yeah songs so totally that's like what what you want to talk about um right <laughs> but uh okay i got i got a couple more um, sure <laughs> so this is one that i feel like i don't even i almost don't even know how to like categorize it but um Sorry. i like i love the way <laughs> this noise my i'm turning my car on so i can plug in my phone okay sorry go ahead <laughs> you're fine um it's it's something that you do that i like don't think i could ever even try or get away with and it sounds so natural when you do it and other bands do it too and it's just like i i don't even know i'm i want i'm wondering about your process for it is there you have a couple songs where you write about something that is like ostensibly mundane it's something that is ostensibly i mean i i I really do think that there is depth to it but like i'm thinking like you have um sugar and cream or a song like uh i I also think your boy again is like a song that comes up for that like where do those ideas come from are they like things that you're you know like is there something in your head that you're thinking like i don't know what like what's the what's the intent there yeah um well i mean like i think that sugar and cream is like i think that those are very different songs for me emotionally Mm because it's like your 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 boy i think was like just about a relationship that i wasn't in it in that i was like oh this is just like a very sweet relationship that i was like sort of commenting on i guess and then like sugar and cream is like just completely i think that there might be something real there but i also think that it's like total it is like supposed to be something that's mundane. I mean, I think that like Harry Nielsen is somebody who I think about all the time as some, some like sort of the master of like, just like looking around the room and writing about like the one mundane thing that 
there is a song about yet or something um where it's like oh this is like you know sugar and cream like that's funny and you can sort of like it it sort of lends itself to like a, a good rhyme scheme or something you know is that, um, is that something that you think about when you're writing some of the lyrics for these um what like rhyme schemes no 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 no. like the like you know the harry nielsen like you know this is a mundane thing and i'm just gonna see if i can test myself to write something about it yeah i think with that song for sure um and then uh but yeah i think it i think it might depend but then you know there are also songs that are like about things like you said that are ostensibly mundane that I think to me do have like a lot of personal value and yeah. it wouldn't, it wouldn't be sugar and cream. Uh, but I'm trying to think if I can think of another <laughs> one. Uh, uh, shit. Um, there's gotta be, there's gotta be something. Um, it's those 28 song albums, you know? Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, even just like, yeah. so, so, Again, like I, you know, song titles are a big deal. Like you know, the the new uh, this and not the new record. This is an uh, older record, further further back. You've got a song called Star Wars. Oh yeah, I I don't, I don't like know that song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't fuck with that song anymore. Uh, I won't defend that song. Uh, I don't. I yeah. can't even see the lyrics. I'm just saying, like the sure. title alone is making me right. think, like, is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's something that's mundane. That I think at one point probably meant something to me. Um, there was another one I, th- I thought of. Uh, sometimes I feel that way about like um, when, when, when bands have songs about like cities or like sort of locales, I feel that way kind of like, I guess now I'm not really talking about myself, but like that replacement song Skyway Mm-hmm. which I, f- I feel like um, is like a very sort of like, uh, as far as I know, it's like about something um, like the fucking tubes that connect like buildings in Minneapolis or whatever. And like, I don't know anything about that. I've never really experienced that at all. And it feels very mundane, but it's like, you really sort of like feel, I don't know. I just feel like you can really sort of like empathize with the the writer's experience it's almost like the more like i remember somebody telling me something about humor too where it's like no like the more specific the better like sort of the more specific the broader the appeal and i think it's sometimes similar with songs where it's like yeah you could write a song called like i love you or whatever and like you know good luck the the specificity (laughs) makes it more evocative I think so. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think, th- I, I think that I that comes through with like songs about mundane subject matter sometimes, you know? Well, I think that that's why like when I, I almost didn't even like know how to, to categorize it. Right. Because it's like, it's not mundane. It's like ostensibly mundane. It's on right. its face. It seems mundane, but they're they're you know, who am I to say if there's depth? Cause it's like, there, there are small parts there scattered in, not just for your songs, but songs like this, where it's like, Oh, there's, there's some heart to this. There's something under here. It's evocative of something. Right, totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, next next one, uh, this one should be simple enough, uh, Romantic. I feel like that's a power pop trope, right? Like, oh, yeah. Like a nice little romantic song on there. For sure, um, yeah. I'm going to, my my good friend, old bassist Owen, uh, found uh, 
Jazz from Australia. Okay. He's just he's sending me that all the time. <laughs> so, oh, cool. <laughs> and so that was the first one that came to mind for that. But there are other ones, obviously. Um, you know, you've got In Love With Everyone, I Fall Into Her Arms. Like, these are, like, to me, like, those are, like, very, like, poppy, power poppy tropes of, like, you know, kind of a romantic song. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I guess also Jazz from Australia is something that's very specific because it's, like, a song about, like, an internet relationship. Um, which was like very complicated because of like being on like opposite sides of the world. Like it was so hard to coordinate, especially as like a kid, it was so annoying. Um, when like both people have school or whatever. So that was like, yeah, that's, that's a pretty, I mean, that was just like a crushing experience that I think really stuck with me. Um, and then like, um, yeah, I, but uh, yeah, that is definitely like a, uh, a power pop trope. And I think like kind of that pining feeling is like a very power pop trope. Like I would say that, that a lot of like big star, um, it's like, you know, they're, they're just like masters at that where it's masters of pining. Yeah. Which sounds a little (laughs) weird to say. Uh, it's just kind of this, like, it's just, it's like this really intense longing, um, that isn't like, I'm not like going for it necessarily, but I think it definitely rubbed off on me growing up listening to that kind of music. Like Teenage Fan Club too. Like I think about a song like The Concept where it's like, you know, like the chorus is like... I, I mean, this, is, this, is, an, this yeah. is an overlap, but like one of the most... I feel like this is... I part, One of the reasons why I, I wanted to have you on here is because power pop is definitely not my genre. It's like not something that I'm, I'm well-versed in. I always enjoy it when it's on but it's not just something that i've done like feel like it's a whole world to dive into yeah Um, but on the topic of big star and because it came up the other you know earlier um that song 13 is so good elliot smith like obviously right that that song to me is it i mean i think that the yeah i think about that lyric would you be an outlaw for my love all the time as like one of the greatest i mean i just think that 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 lyric i mean that song is just like a, a standard at this point. I feel like, like it doesn't really matter how many people cover it. It's just like a fucking stone cold classic. Um, but yeah. And that lyric also really sort of embodies a lot of like those tropes. And also, you know, the fact that they're sort of singing about like an adolescent version of romance as adults. Um, it's kind of like, you know, it's cool to be able to still tap into that. And I think also at a certain point, it's like, okay, maybe it's time to grow up or whatever, <laughs> or whatever. but uh, it's a, yeah, it's a really tough line. I think. I mean, I think that uh, for me, maybe the, the reason I put the songs about bands, songs about songs on there is because of the line uh, in the song where they're like rock and roll is here to stay. And I'm like, I love that line. So yeah. Much. That's it's like so a, good. That's such a good lyric to me. It, uh, I feel like the only lyric that is, is similar to that, uh, is in, um, I want to say it's like dystopian dream girl by Bill to spill where, uh, they're like, my stepfather sucks cause he hates David Bowie, but he looks like David Bowie. And it's like, just like a, I don't know. It's like a funny idea to me totally. like, to write a song like that. Um, cause it sounds so like whiny and teenage the way like rock and roll is here to stay. Sure. Like, yeah. Like Fuck I you, think Dad. Bowie's cool. I think Bowie's <laughs> cool. Like, I don't know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, and it's also, yeah, there's that line in Surrender by Cheap Trick where he's talking about his parents, like, making out, listening to his Kiss records. 
I think so. Th- so that that does feel kind of, I guess, like power pop. M- maybe there's something to that. I haven't really thought a lot about it, but um, yeah. Or maybe it's just like something that, like, I don't know. Like, it makes sense that Bill Pistol would would do that too, because he does, seems it does make sense. Like yeah. a rock, a rock nerd, kind yeah, of. Absolutely. In a very, you know, uh, I mean that very lovingly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, rock, this rock nerd podcast. You really can't. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> um, so oh, yeah. now that now that I've gotten those kind of self indulgent things that I've noticed out of the way, um, you know, tell me about your, you know, some 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 lyrical things that you you know that you try to do, or some songs that you really feel like you pulled off lyrically really well that you're proud of, and you know, let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Um... Well, okay, so, uh, hmm. I I actually can I ask you a question? Yeah, uh, hit me. So, so do you ever feel? I mean, do you feel like ever that like is there anything that you ever express in your lyrics that is like something you wish you could express in, for real, like verbally, but you can't, and then it's like a, it's like a private thing, like a confession or something. Kind of. I think, okay, this is, this is actually, yeah, um, this has come up a couple times, uh, in different cool. ways, I think. Um, I think that when I first started writing music, um, it was not something that was really ever, uh, expected for anybody to hear. Um, and so I was definitely writing things that, um, I don't think that I would have ever told anybody, even if it wasn't a serious personal thing, it was just a thing that for whatever reason wasn't something that was ever going to come out in conversation. It was something you that write. I needed to write down in a song. And uh, as I kind of grew older and uh, I think better at expressing myself in certain ways, I think that a lot more of my songs became more about capturing feelings that I observed and felt at one point in time. But there was definitely a bigger barrier and a bigger wall between like, you know, if someone listens to a lyric, you know, maybe 50% of that exact line could have been about me, a feeling that I felt, and the other 50% could have been about someone else that I, you know, was looking at or experienced. So a lot of times it's like kind of a mixture, and I don't think that there is actually like an answer of like, oh, this is about me, this is about someone else, um, or sure. like, this is a feeling I felt, um, but it, it almost feels like more of a collage of yeah. of different things that I'm pulling from. So I don't know if that's a good answer to that, but that's definitely how I, no. how I think about it. It is, um, because, I mean, I guess I, I, I'm interested in that always because people's answers like very wildly. And I think that for me, sometimes I think it's really, I think that I really do write things that are like very direct, like, like, like lyrics that basically if they didn't rhyme, it would sound like a text. I would send somebody <laughs> or something. I mean, hopefully not, but, but there, there's an element of that where like, it'll be really cathartic when I'm writing it. And sometimes maybe I shouldn't share it with the world. And it feels like it does feel a little sort of embarrassing in retrospect. So, so like I'm simultaneously proud and embarrassed of that song, the expendables right again, because it is really sort of about what it sounds like it's about. And I think that that, was something that I really wanted to communicate. But then also I sort of had to like 
come to terms with the fact that that had like real world consequences and that did, like did it actually have real it world did yeah yeah okay. it did and like um sort of like one of my old bandmates was like hey i just want to like make sure everything's okay like that song is like really pretty nasty and and it's like like i can't really like I I think like I've just I've I don't know it's such a weird thing because I couldn't be like oh dude it's just a fucking song you know it's like yeah. obviously it's like no I'm like I'm caught you know like this is like so clearly like to this person they know exactly what I'm saying and exactly what even like the more ambiguous lines mean so there's something about that that feels really immature to me and feels like maybe I cannot express myself well but that I'm able to do it through lyrics. And so that's like a song I feel really complicated about where I'm like, man, that's a really strong song. And it's really, um, it has like this weird kind of power. Uh, and then at the same time, I think it's like, I still have to like do some, I still have to figure out like what exactly is going on there. Or like sort of what uh, compelled me to, to do something like that. It does, um, uh, to some degree remind me of uh i heard a interview with the guy from the shins and okay he was, t- he was talking about uh you know the the big hit and he was saying that in uh that song he's got the line where he's like uh all the the bakers cut their thumbs and bleed into their buns or something i don't know something like that <laughs> and uh and you know the line was just a dig at someone else in the scene at the time yeah who, he was just kind of like jealous that like she was getting all the like press and all the announcements and shit and like she was a baker and so then like she obviously okay. knew it that it was about her or whatever and it uh kind of kind of reminds me of that like like how do you, you you can't avoid that like it's it's just too obvious at that point yeah totally it would be like really fucked up and unfair i think to be like no no you're tripping uh <laughs> i uh yeah no that's a that's a weird thing and then also just sort of like i don't know yeah so i guess that that's that's one i don't even know what that is really i guess that that's just like a song i think about all the time it's like some kind of uh it's something i'm proud of because it feels unique in that way um i really think uh i think that the song off my newest record the only living goy in new york I thought that those lyrics were very good in that they came really quickly and sort of had their own, like, uh, it, it, I don't know. It just, it, it, there's like a, um, there's a little bit of repetition for sure, but it has like sort of a very strong narrative structure, which usually doesn't come to me, um, in that kind of way. Like, I, I feel like it really does sort of like build to, um, the final chorus in this way and i can sort of like visualize what all of those lyrics are about i um, love the title of that song that's thanks that's a, um, great, that's a great title song thanks yeah uh and i would say a good example of a title song and the challenge there was i was like well now i have to like try and make this serious because i can't just yeah. do like a, a joke song and then it became like really serious yeah um, but i kind of yeah i mean i knew I mean, I sort of like, you know, like I think that that song was really inspired by being like alone in the Lower East Side, like really late at night. 
And then also like, I mean, just sort of all day, like just feeling like really isolated in like a bustling place. Um, and so, yeah, I just feel like I was really, I felt like I was really able to effectively capture that feeling in those lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Hmm. And, uh, that's about it. That's really solid. I mean, here's the thing. It's like, oh man, was that enough? It's like, we've been talking for 45 minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Totally. It's, we're, we're fine. I mean, if you've got other stuff, like you want to, you know, other songs or something, like something comes up, like that's fine, but we're, we're doing great on time. We're, we're totally good. Like we've, we cool. really been chat. It's been good. Cool. Sweet. Um, I think that, uh, the last thing that I normally talk about, uh, one we already covered. I normally do one or the other. Uh, one is like, I'll talk about like ways that people misunderstand your lyrics or something like that. Um, yeah. but, I think we talked about that a tiny bit because it's just like not, it's interpretable in this one way and, you know, the consequences were that way. Sure. Um, But the other one is uh, lyrical pet peeves, um, which is always fun to hear about. Um, If you have any that come to mind, uh, I, you know, I can, I I think that the the go-to example to think about is, uh, for me, is like songs that are like too much about social media, I think, like something modern like that, I think is a pet peeve. And I feel like we might have even talked, like, I feel like maybe we've bonded about that a little bit at some point. Just, uh, I don't even, in the form of a like or a retweet or something. Because I, I also fucking hate that. Like, I really, I hate, I really hate songs that are overly topical. Um, and I think that a lot of, I think that, like, that stuff just, like, ages immediately. Um, and it feels like sort of really, uh, I don't know, like sort of indicative of the, of the writer's priorities or like, it's like, oh, you know, like it just, it feels really cheap and sort of pandering to me and not really artistic. I totally agree with that. Um, I love taking the like, yeah, this is a lyrical pet peeve and it's an insult to this person's character. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Sure. Sure. That's a little dramatic, I guess. Uh, It's not, it's not that big of a deal. I I do kind of agree with you though. I feel like it's like, you know, like if you're writing a song about that, it's like, why, why don't you have other things to write a song about? Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I guess I don't, I don't, uh, that's really intense. Sorry. Uh, I, uh, yeah. And I've, I've, I think the reason I feel comfortable saying that is because I've done it before too, you know, I like, and I don't, I mean, that song star Wars is like a good example of something that it like directly references like pop culture ephemera. And, you know, like in that song, they're like references to me looking at my phone and stuff. And I don't really like that. I don't really connect with that as like a writer. I don't want to write songs like that. So I think that that's why I feel you know, I've, I've like sort of committed, um, I'm guilty of sort of like also, you know, uh, committing the sin of totally <laughs> topical lyrics. Uh, I, but I would say that one thing that's actually a pet peeve is when every song a band has or an artist has is in the first person. Um, and I think that this also kind of ties into like the other uh, like point or, or question you had about like misinterpreting lyrics 
where I think that like there have been times where I've written songs in like the second person. Um, and I think that they are misunder like people, I think sometimes think that I'm actually like addressing somebody else and not addressing myself from a distance, which I think is always what songwriting really is. Um, anyway like even if you are writing from like in the first person and what's weird is that i was actually thinking about therapy because there are times in therapy where i'll say you referring to myself and so i think it's really normal for me to to do that Mm -hmm. um like talk about myself or write about myself in songs of the second person and i think that um i think that just like it sucks to feel like you need a disclaimer or something sometimes like yeah just so you know this song isn't about you it's about me <laughs> it's about me uh who or I'm like you know you. Who, who knows like it could still be like the you could be about not not even you just some some other like the subject i feel like is is very interpretable in, in yeah. the song with you totally uh, in there but um that's a really i feel like that's a really good uh, pet peeve thought. I don't even know if I would have ever made that connection. Um, are there any bands that are not like, you know, obviously at the scale that we sh- shouldn't be saying them that like, right, maybe totally. on, the bigger, on the bigger scale that you're like, they do this and that is a thing that like, like what, what comes to mind? Well, I would say that it's like a massive emo trope. Um, I think that it's, it's the, the idea that sort of every song has to be confessional and sort of like this, you know, uh, I don't know. It, well, I it does for you. Sure. Yeah, yeah. How many times do you think that this has come up, uh, in the four episodes that we've done so far? I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, every episode. I think it's come up at least three of them. Okay. Interesting. That makes sense. Um, like this specifically, like the the idea that this kind of specifically like specifically talking about confessional lyrics, like the idea yeah. because it's just such a dominating lyrical style right now. And, yeah, it uh, is. I think something that has come up is like just because something you feel something very strongly and feel like you want to confess it or admit it doesn't necessarily give it any sort of depth or artistry. And so I think right. that is like really a big good thing that point. we've talked about a lot because um, there are some feelings that are a lot less strong that really beautiful artists have conveyed in a way that is really evocative. And there are some people that have gone through some really tough shit and they write a song about it and it just falls completely flat. And I totally like, you know, it, you know, you can be confessional. And I think that when people are confessional and they nail it, they nail it. But I also think that like just having the feeling doesn't make it artistic. Like it, it is as much of a skill as writing, you know, in the same type of like, uh, you know, the craft that we were talking about uh, earlier with like Costello, like it's, yeah. it is as much of a craft to develop as anything else. Uh, just having those thoughts doesn't necessarily make it like a beautiful piece of art. So, sure. Totally. I, a couple times. <laughs> that, that makes sense. I just realized it's like getting dark in my car and then it's like pitch black <laughs> on my camera. Uh, it's like so creepy. Uh, yeah. All I was going to, I guess all I was going to say about that, I think that that's a really good point. And I think I, I just feel like because it's such a prevalent style, it's affected the way that people listen to music or interpret lyrics. And I think that that is why, like, listeners maybe will interpret a song that is in the second person as a as a song that's like a diss track or something, and not as just like sort of a more removed version of something that is still. I mean, I I've talked about this song before as like the 
sort of like archetypal um, example, but like for no one um, by the Beatles, where he's like Paul is Paul McCartney is like really addressing himself in the song that's like about a breakup. And I think that that also had like a, I think that we haven't talked about this a lot. I mean, I've mentioned him a couple of times, but like Elliot Smith, huge, like huge fan of that device. It's like, he's always saying you or him. He is actually. Like it, it's always second or third person. I would say almost, it's sort of like, I would say almost more than songs that, which it's interesting because he's like considered now like this, he's been like sort of grandfathered into like the emo troubadours <laughs> like yeah. like people think about him in the same way that they think about like connor oberst or something but i do think that lyrically he was a lot vaguer and i think that 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 material has has aged really well for that reason where it's in a lot of elliot smith stuff it's impossible to know like what the fuck he's talking about it's impossible to know if he is talking about himself or if he is or if he is referencing like an actual character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that mystery I think is also really great. I mean, you know, it's like, well, the the mystery, I think it's like the opposite of the specificity thing, right? Because a lot of the specificity thing can be, it can feel evocative because you can put yourself in another person's shoes so intensely uh, when they add specifics to it. Because you can really, it really paints a picture. Whereas the mystery of it, also lets you interpret it really you're like your brain like attaches things to your own experiences and it really lets you uh i don't know feel that yeah totally that's a really good point uh, yeah um okay so that was that was our last point um i you know right before right before we go uh i do want to say that uh you know i actually found out about you the first time not through lyrical writing but through the donkey kong 64 article that you wrote Oh my God. <laughs> that was the first time I ever came into <laughs> experience Motro. That was when I followed you. Okay, cool. Um, so I just, I don't know. I don't really have anything to say about that, but I just, I loved that article. And that's, that's definitely how I, how I found you. Um, that's awesome. That's really flattering. Uh, I love that game. So I was thinking about it earlier. Really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, before we go, where can people find you? Do you have anything you want to shout out before we head off? And, uh, and yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, people can find me in the usual places, Instagram, Twitter, Bandcamp, uh, and then, I don't really know, uh, there, yeah, no specific shoutouts.